discipline. And um, hallelujah. If you don't have your Bible, we got it on the screen there. And we Words of Jesus here. He says, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Let me read that one more time. Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come today, we thank you, God, and we praise you for your grace and your mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for this service. God, your spirit, God, that we've felt so far today. I'm asking, God, now that you'll anoint this message, anoint the, uh, uh, the, the message and the messenger. God, anoint the ears. Not only be hearers, but doers also the word. In Jesus' name we ask and pray. Let the church say, Amen and Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, I hope everybody can enjoy themselves tomorrow because this is going to be the last legal holiday of the summer. Summer's about gone. And uh, this year's about gone. I mean, you know, stop and think about it. And. Uh, I don't know if age has anything to do with it or not, but it sure seems like me that these years just pass by quicker and quicker every year. Amen. And I was praying and seeking the Lord uh, uh, concerning a message and a word for today. And um, uh, the Lord gave me this scripture, and uh, I don't, uh, I don't think I've ever uh, used it before, uh, to my recollection, but. Uh, he said, labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. I want to use that text, and I want to preach for the next few minutes to, uh, today on a subject titled, Soul Starved and Empty Hearted. Soul Starved and Empty Hearted. There's a whole lot of people in the world that fits that category. There's a lot of people within the church fish that category. They're soul-starved and empty-hearted. Hallelujah. There are certain things that your natural body needs to sustain life. I don't don't know for sure, but uh, possibly Caleb is going through what he's going through maybe because it got so hot yesterday and lost a lot of fluid in his body. I don't know if that would be the case or not, but... But uh, I do know one thing, that there are certain things that our body needs, and when you lose uh, uh, things, you have to replenish them. If you don't, you're not going to last long. Amen. Your body's not going to be able to function properly. Amen. Uh, But Jesus was telling the people here, He says, Don't labor for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Now, on this Labor Day weekend, America, all over the country, we stop to recognize the hard-working men and women of this great nation whose toil and sweat has helped to build a strong, viable economy, which has been the envy of other nations. I went for a long time and didn't really know what Labor Day was all about. I didn't know. Uh, you know, I found out, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I saw something in the bulletin that tells how long we've been doing it here in America since 1800 or something. And it's to recognize the hard-working people of this country. Uh, a good, strong worth ethic is important for the well-being of our families and our country. Hallelujah. I look across America today with, with, with some of the, the younger people coming up, and uh, one, one of the big problems I can see that's really going to cause a problem, not only for them, but this whole nation in the future if things don't change, is it seems like a lot of people don't have the work ethic that they used to have. Hallelujah. We work harder trying to get out of work than work itself. Hello, somebody. Glory. Amen. Uh, You know, and a lot of people that way, they seem like they work harder 
trying to get out of work. Amen. But uh, a good, strong work ethic is important for the well-being of our families and also the country. There's a reason why God just don't just hand you everything you, uh, that you need or you want. There are some things God's going to tell you, even if you pray for it, He's going to say, that's something you can get up and do for yourself. Hallelujah. And that's one reason why some people's prayers are, are not answered. Because I don't know if you've ever thought about it or not, you're wasting your time and God's time for praying and asking God to do something for you that you can actually do for yourself. Hello. Glory to God. I mean, they are certain things that we have to do for ourselves. God helps us, Brother Dallas, in the areas that we can't help ourselves. But then there are things that God knows we can do for ourselves if we take some initiative. Hallelujah. I remember when Peter was put in jail in prison and, uh, uh, and, uh, and he was locked up. And God sent an angel. Amen. And the angel come in and, um, and, and, and he told Peter to, uh, you know, to stand up and, and, uh, and the chains fell off of him and, and all those things. And, and God, and the angel came and set him free. He said, he said, gird yourself, get up, get your clothes. You know, in other words, the angel come and, bro- and broke the chains, but he said, now, you dress yourself. I'm not going to dress you. Hello, somebody. Amen. I've broken the chains for you, but don't expect me to dress you. Amen. Hallelujah. And I mean, uh, you know, you, you can't help nobody who don't want to help themselves. And I, and I encourage you. Amen. There's a whole lot of parents who allow their love to get the better end, and they actually do more damage to their children. They want to help their children. You know, uh, just every parent, they, 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 they got a desire, and that's understandable. They, you want to see your children to be able to do more and accomplish more uh, uh, than you did. But I'm going to tell you, parents, you're harming that child if you hand them everything. Because as a parent, part of your uh, part of your job is to teach and train, and you need to train that child that there's certain things if they want, they got to work for it. They got to earn it. They're going they're not going to do that all the time if they go to daddy and say, "Daddy, can I have this?" And they they know, and then and then they sneak around to mama, and mama's soft hearts says, "Okay, go ahead." You got a problem there in the home too when when that happens. Hallelujah. Amen. You, a problem with a whole lot of young people today, and, I, and, I, and I'm with young people every day. Amen. Those that are in trouble and uh, uh, that are in the juvenile delinquent places, a lot of them are there. They, they, they have been handed everything to them. Amen. Well, I'm going to tell you, God's not going to hand you everything. God's not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. There needs to be, and we need to redevelop a good, strong work, worth ethic again in our, in, in our country. Now, we, um, uh, uh, we recognize in this, on this Labor Day. Now, the Scripture text that I have chosen today seems to contradict other Scriptures in the Bible. Here, Jesus says, Labor not for the meat which perishes, before the meat which endureth forever to everlasting life. Now that seems to contradict other scriptures, uh, like the one in, in Thessalonians that says um, that if any don't work, neither should they eat. Uh, you know, you say, well, what's he saying here? Jesus said that don't don't work for the meat that perishes. Uh, what what's he actually saying? Jesus is not implying that we should not labor for our earthly sustenance. But rather, he is telling those who were following him that natural necessities such as food and clothing should not be the major or chief concern of their lives. Hallelujah. What are you talking about, Brother Sammy? I'm talking about being soul-starved and empty-hearted. Hallelujah. And hallelujah. The problem with many is not the fact that they're not working, but it's 
It's the things that they're working for. Jesus says don't labor or don't work for the meat or the food or, or, or the daily necessities, the things that perish, but for that which endureth to everlasting life. The fact of the matter is that we major on minor things. Hallelujah. A lot of us have a problem on majoring on minor things or things of little or no value to the soul or the spirit of man. I promise you, and listen to Pastor Close right here, I promise you today that everybody in this building, I don't care who you are, Everybody in this building, you can return home after service. And when you return home, I want you to look through every bit of stuff that you have worked so hard, so long for. Hallelujah. And you won't, I promise you, you won't find one single thing that will be of any importance to you when you're on your deathbed and breathing your last breath. I remember several years ago, I was in the home of a man who was dying. A man who took pride in what he was able to work with his hands and how he had had scratched out something out of nothing. And uh, Oh man, he, he, he always was bragging about his home and about his possessions. About his tools, about, about the money he had, he had in the bank and, and all that kind of stuff. But when he breathed his last... I watched as the the, the 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 corners came and they rolled his body out of the house and he was going out the front door and I was looking around and I said, what's going to happen to all this stuff now? I promise you there ain't a man or woman in this church today. When you leave here, you go, look at the automobile you work hard for. Look at the house that you live in that you work hard for. Everything that you've got, hallelujah. And I promise you, you won't find nothing. That will mean squat to you when you're laying on your deathbed and you know you're fixing to breathe your last breath. You won't care about a thing, single thing of it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So why, church, are we not concerned more with the eternal things which will benefit the soul and enhance our relationship with the first one we're going to see when our eyes close in death? Think about it. Why don't... We spend a little bit more time on the things that are eternal rather than the things that are perishing. Hallelujah. Why don't you spend a little more time with the one and enhance that relationship who's going to be the first one you're going to see as soon as your eyes close in death? Hallelujah. Now, all of you... Folks out there that are married went through the the engagement process and all that. You learn how to do certain things to enhance that relationship if that relationship is important to you. Hallelujah. On the man's side, a lot of times, you know, there'll be flowers sent for no occasion whatsoever. And different things uh, done. And you, you do that because you're trying to enhance that relationship. Well, you know what? We need to be enhancing the relationship with the one that we're going to look at face to face as soon as our eyes close in death. Hallelujah. Because there again... All earthly relationships are just a passing thing. That man or that woman that you that you love so much and that you spent all those years for, you may see them again in heaven, but you're not going to live uh, live with them as husband or wife in heaven. That's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. 
You know, we, and we, we talk about, well, you know, in the sweet by and by, we're going to continue. Now, it's going to be different there. It's going to be different than it is here. I mean, you, there won't be nobody living as husband and wife in heaven. So we spend so much energy and time and money and effort on basically everything in this life when everything that we work for in this life is only like a vapor. Here today and gone tomorrow. I remember reading a testimony several years ago, and I think I've used this before, of a woman who gave a testimony after her husband had passed away with a terminal disease. And for all those years, family and friends would constantly invite them to go to God's house. Go to church with him. No, would, but just don't have the time. Because he was either, he, he either, either was fishing or hunting on weekends, and, and she was uh, um, members of certain clubs and, and organizations. And not the fact that they wasn't good people. They were good people, and they were active in the community, and they had, they had all things going. They had, matter of fact, they had everything on the plate but Jesus. I mean, you know, she'd, she'd go out and collect money for the March of Dimes and all this. I mean, every, every, everything, everything, uh, you know, had everything going. Their life was filled. Let me ask you a question. What is your life filled with most of the day? But this woman gave her testimony. And, uh, her testimony was this. She says, after I got home from watching them shovel the dirt of my husband's grave, she said, I just kind of collapsed there at the couch in, 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 in our home. And uh, she says, I looked around at everything that we had worked so hard for so long and things we took pride for, pride in. And uh, she said, did it didn't, you know, it wasn't nothing at that time. It wasn't nothing to her. She looked on the coffee table, and there was a stack of magazines, she, um, hunting magazines, fishing magazines, Vogue, and I don't know, different all kind of, all magazines, and looking through them all. And then on the corner, was a Bible that just had recently been put there. It hadn't been there long, just recently. And she picked up the Bible and held it in one hand. She looked at all those other magazines. She said, it's amazing that for years all this stuff was so much important in our life, and we didn't even have this out on the coffee table. But she said, it was amazing the last six weeks of my husband's life. This became the most important thing in it. But then, Paul, it was too little too late. Hallelujah. Because what's it all about when you've spent 40 years or 50 years starving your soul and then dying with an empty heart? Well, why are you saying dying with an empty heart? Because I'm going to tell you, everything on this planet that people try to do, they do it to try to fill some kind of void inside them. But there ain't, there is a void inside the heart of every man and woman that you cannot fill it with nothing but Jesus. You might have a million dollars in the bank. You might drive a Rolls Royce. Amen. You might haven't achieved it all. But I hear people all the time and read the testimony that they say their life is still meaningless. Their life is purposeless. Amen. And they feel empty. Why is it? Because they got everything on the plate but Jesus. Why can't we give Jesus a try before the last... Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's time for us, church, to refocus our labor to where the eternal matters are given top priority and we labor in earthly matters not 
to accumulate, but to assure that our daily needs are supplied. That's, that's the principle of work. Nowhere in the Bible will you find it, the principle that the Bible says for you to work so you can accumulate things in this life. But we've got off track. Especially people who live in America now. A lot of people in other countries don't have this problem like we got it. But we're eat up with this thing to get more, get more, get more, get more, get more. Hallelujah. But that's just like that automobile you're sitting up there in that parking lot. Hallelujah. It will run and take you down the street. Long as you put the right thing in the gas tank. I remember when I was a child, I got in heat big trouble one time. There was the driveway down our house, and I, I was I don't I was in the third grade, I believe. And like if this was the house, about the middle way of the house, there was a there was a water fountain. And uh, you know, I, I, I was just out and sometimes I was I was playing around, and all of a sudden, I feel like I wanted to play like I was a gas station attendant. Hey, good luck. Here's a hose right here. I wasn't doing nothing to be mean or hateful. I didn't have the slightest idea what was going to happen when I put that water hose down in that tank and turned the water on my daddy's car. I did it innocently. I mean, I wasn't trying to be mean, honestly. But I'm going to tell you what. There's going to be a lot of people lost without God who were just sincere in some of the things they did in life. We got too many people now. Says, oh, don't you don't you think the Muslims will be all right and the Hindus will be all right and and this these 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 religions will be all right and that religion was man they they are so sincere. Being sincere is no it don't mount nothing because you can be sincerely wrong. Hallelujah. That surgeon was sincere when he operated on somebody one time. And I, and I, and I watched, a, watched a TV program. And, uh, and, and about a month after, after the surgery, they started having problems and sharp pains. And they were, they were losing blood. And they went back and did x-ray. This is for our x-ray technician to be right here. And uh, he said, what in the world is that? It was a pair of scissors that they sewed up in this guy. That wasn't the x-ray technician's fault, but, I mean, he's the one that found out the problem. And no doubt that's, that, that uh, surgeon was sincere in what he was doing, but he was making some mistakes. Amen. Don't, we, don't let that thing trick you up. It don't make no difference how sincere somebody is if they're sincerely wrong. Hallelujah. It don't matter. It don't matter at all. Hallelujah. I, I, I put that water in that tank. And going back to what I was saying, see, you put water in her tank, gas tank, it's not going to go. You put anything else in it but gasoline, it's got to have gasoline in it to make it go, right? Well, I don't care what else you put into the tank of your soul. Unless you put Jesus, it takes Jesus to make it complete. It takes Jesus to fill the need. Hallelujah. Nothing else will do it. Matter of fact, some of that other stuff we've been cramming in there is doing more harm than it's doing good, just like that water. Hallelujah. 
Oh, I'm feeling the Spirit of God in this. God gave me this message. Listen, church. Hallelujah. We need to rethink ourselves. We need to reprogram ourselves. Hallelujah. Because life is more than meat. And the body is more than raiment, what Jesus said. Hallelujah. We worry so much on the natural things. And we leave the spiritual things undone. We are so starved and hard empty because we're so stubborn. And we know it's right. But we don't never make a change. Hallelujah. I gotta I gotta rush on. Hallelujah. Two thirds of what I've already said, I don't even have in my notes. I mean the Spirit of God just bubbling up within me right now. What I two thirds of what I've told you I don't even have here. If I add that to what I already got, we're gonna be here to four thirty. Hallelujah. So I'll have to cut something out somewhere, but I'm I'm following the direction of God right now. There, there, there are two things that I want to try to get to you about this. We're going to talk about. He says, "Labor not for the meat which perishes, don't, or, or don't 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 you work for, Amen. Uh, uh, these these natural things that only fades away and don't last." I want to talk first about the sin of, of covetousness. The sin of covetousness. This sin is a sin that if you read the Bible, you'll find that God looks down on. Matter of fact, many places in the Bible where God categorizes murder, He puts covenants right in the same category as murder. Hallelujah. we got to talk about it. The tenth commandment is thou shalt not covet. Covetousness Listen, I, I looked this up in the dictionary. And covetousness is defined as a strong or inordinate desire of obtaining and possessing. See, some people brush this off and they think, oh, covetousness is when you look at something somebody else's got and you just desire that. No, so they think, well, I'm not desiring what nobody else has got, so I'm not covetous. But you're dead wrong because covetousness is any kind of strong or inordinate desire for obtaining and possessing. It usually is wealth or other material goods but can also refer to power and control over others. You ever seen anybody that's been domineering? Hallelujah. All this falls on the category of being a covetous person. And listen to me close. Anytime we labor to accumulate wealth or goods to the point that we work harder and longer at these things over the things of God, then it becomes fairly a good indication that the seed of covetousness has sprung up in your heart. Admit it if we want to or not. But if we evaluate the things we work and that we labor for God, and with the things we work for are the natural things... And then we see that the natural things outweigh the spiritual things, then the indication is pretty good that there's a seed of covetous somewhere in your heart. If you bought a brand new car two years ago, you tell me and God too why you need to buy another brand new car this year. Amen. We're always saying what we need, what we need, what we need. I promise you again, every one of us, we could take away two-thirds of what we have and we could find out we would still wind up living life all right. I'm preaching to you what Jesus preached. Don't labor for the meat which perishes. You work to supply your daily needs. But, you know, and G- uh, uh, there's another scripture uh, that Jesus spoke of, and I heard uh, Darlene 
quoted earlier this morning. We were, we was we was talking. Uh, well, if I could remember that the other other scripture about laboring and working. Hallelujah. That we supposed our main focus is supposed to be primarily on the things of God. Amen. And following God. Amen. In His Word and His commandments. Not to try to be accumulating this and accumulating that. I can, we, if we had time, I could give you several parables that Jesus gave concerning that. Talking about the rich farmer. Amen. One of them. Amen. He said this, this, this man, he, he, he was blessed and, uh, man, he raised all these crops. He said, what am I going to do? He said, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build bigger. I'm accumulating so much stuff. Amen. Now, the thought never crossed my mind for all those millions of hungry people that are starving to death in the world instead of me sharing that and passing some of that out. What I'll do is just build greater warehouses to, to hoard it all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the dangers of accumulated wealth is the independence from God which it brings. Independent wealth Amen. Will create a, a greater independence from God. We find ourselves relying more, re- relying more on what we have, than relying on God. We could get a hundred reasons this morning why we don't see the healings take place today, like uh, they used to happen, just back uh, in the time period of our our church was founded in in the late forties. Everybody's got a point of view about what, what, why, well, even though we see some, but how come we don't see it on the same scale? Well, we could go back in a time machine to all the people who were members of, of uh, the Church of Jesus Christ on 8th Avenue in 1948. You'll find out why that the power of God moved in such a way miracles were performed because... I don't need no show of hands, but I, I guarantee you, in comparison, there's a whole lot more people in this, in this room today has got health insurance than what they had back then. Uh, they didn't have nothing else. They didn't have the money to rely on. They didn't, uh, they didn't have a pocket full uh, of, of credit cards. They didn't uh, have this. I mean, back then, the reason why God moved so much is people had to depend upon Him. There were not as many things for them to fall back on. Hallelujah. Amen. And we pray our prayers today. And we might not, we might not see it in our mind or think about it, but in our subconscious mind, we prayed about such and such, but we're already figuring out in the back of our mind, if God don't do this, well, we know how we can take care of it here. Hello? Hello? The danger of accumulation of things is a less dependence upon God. The church of the 21st century is depending more a lot of them is dependent upon government assistance programs. Hallelujah. They, they depend on their job for their source. <laughs> and no wonder why they get so bent out of shape when they walk up one day and they don't have one no more. Hallelujah. I, I found out a long time ago, and I realized a long time ago, that it don't make no difference who, who I'm working for. Hallelujah. That company is not my source. God's my source. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I work there, and I thank God for the blessings He gives me and allowing me to work where I'm working. Hallelujah. And I praise Him. But that place is not my source. And so I will not give more devotion to it than I do God. 
I promise you. It don't matter. Uh, and and don't, don't try to throw the thing out. Well, you know, you're a pastor. You have to. A pastor ain't got nothing to do with it. Hallelujah. If I was just a saved, Holy Ghost-filled person sitting back on the pews, I would not give more allegiance to my job than where I spent more time there. Amen. And didn't, and didn't go to the house of God when I needed to go to the house of God. Because those things are important. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What are you going to do, Brother Sam? I say, well, you know, if you don't go, I say, well, you know, I mean, I have told him. I said, Jay, you know, I was looking for a job when I came here. Hallelujah. Are we walking by faith or are we not walking by faith? Now, I'm not talking about going out here uh, foolhardy and blind. This, don't, don't, get, get, don't get the wrong impression of what I'm saying. The whole, this, this whole message is that we've got to learn to balance out the spiritual and the natural things in our life. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 16 uh, is a story about the manna. And I'm not going to take the time there. I, Exodus chapter 16, beginning at verse 16 through 20. I'm not, I was going to read that, but I, I've got to rush. When the children of Israel needed, uh, needed food, God gave them manna. And He gave them the instructions on that manna. He said, you go out every morning and you gather what you need cons- uh, 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 relating to what size your family is for that day. And he told them, you, 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 don't, you don't go out there and you don't go out there today and try to gather a week's worth or two days worth or three days worth. Now, he did that on the day before the Sabbath because on the Sabbath day they was not permitted to work. They couldn't go out on the Sabbath day and gather. So uh, on uh, the day before the Sabbath they would gather twice as much and it would still be good and they would have that to eat on the Sabbath. There again. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Hallelujah. But there were some, that's what Scripture says, who didn't listen. And they looked at that man of man, and they they thought that they would accumulate more. He said, don't you let any of it last, amen, you know, to the morning. In other words, when you get, you only gather what he was talking about, you gather what you need for that day. But there were some that didn't listen. And you know what happened? The next day they found out those things that was left over, it was full of worms and everything else. Hallelujah. But now when they gathered twice as much as the day before the Sabbath, it was fine. Why did God do that? Because He was trying to teach them just what Jesus told them in, in the model prayer. When you pray that prayer to God, give us this day our daily bread. God wants all His people to be, amen, looking to Him each day for their daily sustenance. Hallelujah. He don't want you trying to come up with some kind of plan, amen, that you're going to be guaranteed just ease and not have to worry about nothing 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. As children of God, we're supposed to take it one day at a time, trusting God for what we need each day. When we do accumulate, then we're getting less dependence upon Him. Hallelujah. One more point. We've got to labor for the unseen riches. There's a problem with our human nature. That nature leads us to believe that if we can't see it, or handle it, we don't possess it. It's not real. That's what our human nature thinks. If we can't see it, if we can't handle it, we don't possess it. It's not real. But the things we see and can handle in this world are only passing pleasures and have no lasting value to them. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 17, For our light affliction, which is for but a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, they're temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We need to get rid of some of the stuff we see and we touch and we feel and we handle. 
because they're going they're going to fade away anyway. We need to start collecting more things that we can't see. This is what Christ meant when He said, "Labor not for the meat which perishes." I'm winding down to a close. Labor not for that meat which perishes. For the most part, all of us have labored hard and long for things which we will not and do not, which will not and do not last. The real riches are those unseen, like love. Love is an unseen rich, riches. You can't see love, you can't touch it, and you can't buy it. Just like a Beatles song back in the 60s, you can't buy me love. But it's one of those most motivating factors in the human heart. Love does more to motivate somebody's heart than anything you can imagine. But you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't handle it. And then there's faith. That's another unseen riches. It can't be seen, and it can't be proved by human reason. But without, without faith, the Bible says you can't please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Is that not what the book says? Hallelujah. I want Brother Darrell to come on up and get ready with the course while I'm closing. In conclusion of this message, I want to share another scripture where Jesus talked about those who labor. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus is given this invitation to all those who have worked hard and long for the things which are fleeting and fading. You have filled your life with things you thought would be fulfilling and satisfying, but you have been left empty and without purpose in life. Today, On this day before Labor Day, it's no better time to come and kneel before Christ to find peace and rest for a soul that's weary. I'm going to tell you, if you ain't realized it by now, folks, why do we we want to keep hanging on to that rat race on the outside? Because that rat race out there will just literally drive you up a wall. Hallelujah. I mean, just people just doing what the Bible says. He said in the last days, people would just be running to and fro. Amen. I mean, just just check the word out and see how. I mean, running over here, running over there, doing this, doing that. All a part of trying to to do something in life, to accumulate something that's just passing. And fading away. People's lives filled with anxiety, stress. Hallelujah. I can remember the time when you never heard the, the word stress. My, uh, my parents, my grandparents, they, they didn't know what stress was. You know, my grandmother would get up and have to build a fire before she could start cooking breakfast. And then there was something else to do and something else to do and something else to do. But you know what? It's always peaceful at their house. You know? You never... All those things that we're dealing with today, we don't... <laughs> Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden. You hear me, I've said this before, you know. Why in the world do we want to carry all this baggage around? Why do we want to drag it around? Hallelujah. You know, a message like this sometimes uh, maybe kind of getting next to us and, man, somebody, man, I wish Pastor kind of ease up a little bit on that. But what, but what I brought to you today, folks, I promise you it's not nothing that will hurt nobody, but it will help everybody. Amen. 
know, why do we want to keep our lives filled with, with things that bring anxieties? And a lot of these things that we fight for, a lot of times causes splits in the family. A lot of times those things that the husband and wife fight for to get, they wind up fighting against each other. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes the things that we think will make us happy are the things that will tear us apart once we get them. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's true. Let's everybody stand. Brother Darrell, if anybody needs to talk to the Lord, the altars are open, whatever you need. We need prayer. Swift transition, all of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal, and hold God's unchanging hand. Hold to God.
by the Lord. He feels better. Let's thank the Lord for that. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Yes. Brother Charles is going back to have his heart worked on Wednesday. All right. Let's, let's, rhythm. Okay, let's remember that. Hallelujah. Let's remember Brother Tom. He's calling me this morning. He's not feeling well today. All right. Let's remember Brother Tom. Somebody else had a, a hand raised. Yes. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll miss uh, Paul and Edna not being here today. Let's pray for them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's bow our heads and thank God for this service. Father, we come to you today. We thank you. And praise you, God, for this service. Thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Ghost. God has been here today, and I pray, God, for each and every one. You heard these uh, prayer needs. I thank you, God, for those you have touched, like Caleb and, and others. God, we just glorify you and we worship you. Take everybody home. Keep us till it's time to meet again in Jesus' name.